Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, July 12th. This date in 1909 was a date many of us probably wished would never have come. That was the day Congress passed the 16th Amendment to the Constitution, which allowed for a federal income tax. The amendment was declared ratified in February of 1913. And did you know that on this date in 1984, the first woman was named to run for vice president on a major party ticket? Can you name her? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's see what today's forecast has in store over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. Hey, good Wednesday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Silvine here. Starting out sunny, a little warmer out the door. First thing this morning, we'll climb through the 80s, upper 80s at lunchtime, and then into the low 90s this afternoon. Partly cloudy sky. Rain chance today about 20%. A couple of isolated showers and storms. A lot of you will stay dry. Tomorrow, same deal. Now, changes head our way Friday in the weekend. We have issued first alert weather days. Just want to make you aware heat index is going to approach 110 degrees. So we'll have to take it a little bit easier on those days. Friday into the weekend, there will also be a little bit better chance of an afternoon shower or thunderstorm with high temperatures in the mid to upper 90s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. The Charleston murder victim's family says those responsible for the release of their son's killer have not faced any consequences, even though the state Supreme Court ruled the release was improper. That family has since taken it upon themselves to seek out that accountability. Gerard Price was convicted of killing Carl Smalls Jr. back in 2002. Price was released nearly 16 years early after former Judge Casey Manning signed an order behind closed doors. The Smalls family named retired Judge Casey Manning, Fifth Circuit Solicitor Byron Gibson, and Representative Todd Rutherford in a formal complaint to the state's Office of Disciplinary Counsel. They claim the state has a criminal assistance system rather than a justice system. The people that wear robes and suits, what if your son, daughter, mother, father, your family member that's murdered senselessly like this? How would you feel? And it seems like it just doesn't matter to them at all. And Price's whereabouts have been unknown since his release. State and federal authorities are offering a $60,000 reward for information leading to his capture. A man convicted in a deadly shooting case from seven years ago will stay behind bars as he waits for a new trial. Kenneth Robinson Jr.'s bond was denied yesterday. He's charged with murder and four counts of attempted murder in a deadly 2015 Mother's Day shooting. Robinson pleaded guilty to the attempted murder charges and was found guilty of murder. His defense team appealed that conviction, arguing the state wrongfully included information about Robinson's potential gang affiliation. An appeals court agreed, bringing Robinson back to square one. During his bond hearing, there was indication that both sides could make a deal on this case by this fall. The family of Cyrus Carmack Belton, the 14-year-old shot and killed after being falsely accused of shoplifting at a gas station in Columbia, is planning to file a wrongful death lawsuit. Deputies say the owner of that gas station, Rick Chow, shot and killed Cyrus after chasing him from the store. Chow is currently facing criminal murder charges. The civil suit would be separate from those charges. The family's lawyer filed a notice that freezes Chow's assets, including the Shell gas station that he owns. Chow is currently behind bars waiting for a bond hearing. Pennsylvania state authorities are searching for a fugitive that once led South Carolina law enforcement on a four-day manhunt. And those authorities say they believe they found more items related to Michael Burham during their search. 
Police and other law enforcement agencies continue to search a large area of rough terrain with cabins as their findings of additional campsites and stockpiles lead them to believe Burham is still nearby. We continue to find items. Um, those lead me to believe that there is still a likelihood that he is here. Uh, I also look at the absence of proof that he has gone anywhere else. Uh, and again, without telling you all of the factors that go into that, uh, that uh, you know, we constantly reevaluate that position. Burham escaped late Thursday through a window with a rope fashioned from jail bedding. Authorities have increased the reward for information leading to his capture to $19,500. A Walterboro family says that their dog is recovering after ring camera footage appears to show a U.S. Postal Service driver hitting their dog. We did edit this video so you won't see the actual moment of impact, but the video does show that dog running toward the road before getting hit by the car that the family says didn't stop or even slow down. The driver has denied not stopping the vehicle. Colleton County Animal Services says that the driver will face at least two citations. The Walterboro Postal Service has declined to comment on the incident. Across the state, conservation groups say President Biden's recent visit to the state highlights the importance of boosting the clean energy industry right here in South Carolina. Conservationists say the state lacks coal and natural gas deposits, making it the perfect fit for clean energy manufacturing. Biden spoke at the first facility in the U.S. making micro-inverters, which transform energy from the sun into usable power. Electric vehicle manufacturing is also ramping up in the state, with companies investing billions and bringing thousands of jobs. The Power SC Group has also been formed to ensure South Carolina has the energy needed for future growth. The Hospital Corporation of America says a list of patient information was recently released online. The organization says the breach may have impacted several hospitals in the Carolinas, including Colleton Medical Center, Charleston Heart Specialists, CareNow Urgent Care, and Colleton Family Medicine. The information leaked includes things like patients' names, contact information, and more. Luckily, it didn't include clinical, payment, or other sensitive information like social security numbers. Law enforcement and third-party forensic and threat intelligence advisors are investigating. Charleston County officials are updating the community on safety improvements on Maybank Highway and Woodland Shores Road. That area has brought serious concerns to light recently after a woman was found unconscious and lying in the middle of Woodland Shores Road back on June 21st. Our Emily Johnson tells us more about how the community responded to the plans that were shared. Some homeowners on Woodland Shores Road said that the meeting answered some of their questions, while others said that the meeting left them with more questions than answers. Charleston County says that the sidewalk project has been in the works for some time now and is not happening because of the recent incident. The proposed plan includes a sidewalk on Woodland Shores, a raised crossroad on Maybank Highway with flashing lights, and a potential speed radar. While some questioned how effective a crosswalk would be, the suggestions included slowing the speed limit in the area, adding more stop signs and speed bumps in the road. It needs to be a no longer unofficial police cut through since they're the ones who speed the most. There need to be speed bumps and speed humps like we do in every single residential neighborhood in the county. There need to be places for people to walk, for people to take their dogs, for their children to not be afraid to check the mail. It shouldn't be rocket science. Charleston County says that the project is set to begin at the beginning of 2024. Reporting on James Island, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. 
People who live on James and John's Islands are advocating for more Grand Oak tree maintenance to make the roadway safer. This comes just days after a tree branch fell on a car on Bohicket Road on John's Island, sending a couple to the ICU. But this isn't the first time a falling tree has created a dangerous situation for people. One man we talked to says he had a fallen branch a few years ago. Another person we talked to says she was driving down the road when a branch shattered her windshield. Yeah, some really scary situations. The state's Department of Transportation says it's aware of the damage that those trees can cause and works with local government to trim vegetation when they're aware of specific situations. Right off I-26, the intersection of Jedburgh Road and Drop-Off Drive in Berkeley County has already seen 13 accidents this year. That's according to the South Carolina Department of Public Safety. And one viewer who lives near this intersection wrote to Live 5 hoping for some answers as to why something hasn't been done to make it safer for people who live and even drive in that area. And our traffic anchor, Alicia Wimberly, is joining us now to tell us some answers that she found on this What's Driving You Crazy concern. Yeah, good morning, ladies. I know a lot of things are going on this morning traffic-wise, but uh, let's talk about right now. Now, it's no secret that we do a lot of stories on intersections that could potentially be dangerous. Well, this viewer ended up, of course, contacting Live5, and he did ask to remain anonymous, but he said he's lived near this intersection for years, and it continues to get worse. At this intersection, you have the option to go straight or turn right or left on all sides. The problem is there's no stoplight. The person who reached out to me says they've contacted the South Carolina Department of Transportation multiple times for a solution to the problem, and the answers he's gotten were along the lines of a light or roundabout was not not needed in the area, and SCDOT does not put lights in close proximity to intersections. Wendy Odom, who works in the area and is a Somerville resident, says the intersection is dangerous, mainly due to the fact you can't see. It's, it's, a, it's an accident waiting to happen, if you ask me, like literally, especially at nighttime. Yep. These roads dark, you don't have hardly have any street lights coming out. This is going to be an accident one day. Sorry to say, but... And we reached out to the South Carolina Department of Transportation, who did provide a comment on solutions to the intersection's issues and why they haven't done anything about it. This was their response. Quote, the intersection is not eligible for a signal due to proximity to the interchange and traffic signal at the ramp. However, SCDOT has been working with Berkeley County, and they have recently finalized a corridor study which conceptualizes Jedburg Road improvements, not only at this intersection, but along Jedburg Road as well. Now, I will have more on this story coming up later today on Live 5 News. But if there's a road concern that you have, feel free to go on my Facebook fan page and tell us what's driving you crazy. Today, a local nonprofit and local police department are teaming up to educate the community on overdoses. The nonprofit Wake Up Carolina and the Mount Pleasant Police Department are putting on an overdose prevention and Narcan training event. Live 5's Destiny Kennedy joins us live at the Mount Pleasant Town Hall. And Destiny, what can people expect at today's training event? The training will take place here at Mount Pleasant Town Hall at 6 p.m. Community members and caregivers are encouraged to come out to learn how to administer Narcan. At the training, officials will go over the signs and symptoms of overdosing and provide those who attend with statistics on the national, state, and local level. The Mount Pleasant Police Department will explain and show how to administer Narcan. They will also open the floor for any questions. 
Wake Up Carolina also provides support groups for families that are struggling and individuals who are trying to get sober. With fentanyl, heroin, and opioid overdoses growing, Senior Program Director at Wake Up Carolina, Tim McGuire, says it's necessary for community members to learn this skill to save lives. Because you never know when you're going to come across an overdose. It could be someone in your family, or it could be someone that you just come across when you're out at the bars on King Street, or you're at a traffic light. Um, you never know, and we're kind of treating it like an EpiPen, um, you know, to where if people have it and something does come up, better safe than sorry. The training event is held on the second Wednesday of every month to ensure they have enough Narcan cans to give out. They ask that you register ahead of time. So click on the link um, at live5news.com for this story to ensure that you can register. Live in Mount Pleasant, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. At the top of the show, I told you that on this date in 1984, the first woman was named to run for vice president for a major party ticket. Democratic presidential candidate Walter Mondale, who had been Jimmy Carter's vice president in 1976, named Geraldine Ferraro of New York as his running mate. Ronald Reagan and his running mate, George Bush, easily defeated the Democratic ticket that year. Celebrating birthdays this Wednesday, fitness guru Richard Simmons is 75. Actress Cheryl Ladd from Charlie's Angels is 72. Gospel singer Sandy Patty is 67. Actor Topher Grace from that 70s show is 45. And actress Taronda Jones from Empire is also 35. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Morning Y'all from Life 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.